Noah, a man who walked with God. Today we're going to be looking at the life of Noah. And through his life today, I want to show you, as God had a purpose and a calling for Noah to fulfill, he has a purpose and a calling for all of you to fulfill. And as we're going to see today, what God's calling, what God's calling us to do, it will take total commitment and determination to do. Because there, are, there will be many, many things around us and before us that will try to get in our way and keep us from fulfilling our callings. Can you say amen? And through this message today, I want to challenge you to really give your whole life to fulfilling your purpose and callings from God and become a people of purpose. See, a church that is full of people fulfilling their purposes, man, is a powerful, powerful church. It can't just be a few. It needs to be all of you fulfilling your destiny, fulfilling your purposes. And when people together fulfilling their destinies and purposes, amen, man, it creates such a powerful and dynamic ministry. Now, there are a few things in Noah's life that I want to look at today that you must follow and do if you're going to fulfill your destiny, your callings in God. Because along this way, there will be many obstacles around you that will try to get in your way to deter you from the path that God is calling you to walk with him. And the very first thing, we're looking at three things. Number one, the first thing we're, uh, we must be is countercultural. Hello, somebody. The first thing you must be is countercultural. Countercultural is defined this way. A culture with lifestyles and values opposed to that of the established culture. Hello, somebody. As we're going to see today, Noah, amen, he was very countercultural. Genesis 6-9 says this. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generation. Noah walked with God. See, what I want you to understand today, if you're going to do something great for God, it's going to have to be in spite of everything that's going on around you. And not go with the flow of the world and its ways. Hello. Because as we're going to see today, the world's ways and God's ways are totally different. This means if you're going to really live for God, you're going to have to make a decision to be different than the world around you. You need to be different to make a difference. Say that with me. You need to be different to make a difference. Amen? Now let's look at what is said about the days of Noah, the time he lived in, in Genesis 6, 5 through 6, and then we're going to jump to 11 through 12. Look what the word of the Lord says. It says, and the Lord saw, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent, say every intent, Every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only on, it was evil continually. And the Lord was sorry. Wow. The Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth 
and it grieved his heart. My gosh, I mean, let me just pause there for a moment. Could, could you imagine living a life that causes God to regret he made you? I don't know about you, but I don't want to live a life that God says, I regret making that one. Okay, you ain't hearing me today. Okay. Verse 11, the earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence, so that God looked upon the earth. Indeed, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their own way on the earth. Sounds a lot like the day and age we live in today, right? Which is another indication we're living in the last days. Don't be fooled. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 37 through 39, but as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days of Noah, the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah had entered the ark. And did not until the flood came and took them all away, so also will come will be the coming of the Son of Man be. Amen. Now, in the midst of this wicked generation of people, God looks down and finds a bright spot. I mean, think about this. All God sees is darkness, and there's one bright light, and his name is Noah. Hello, somebody. He's looking down, amen. All he sees is wickedness. Every intent of man's heart is set on evil, but he looks and he finds a man, a bright spot. In this world. As we read in Genesis 6, 9, uh, God labeled him as a just man. Perfect in his generation. What a statement that is made about this man uh, while living in the midst of a wicked generation. This man uh, was definitely countercultural. Let me ask you. Could that be said of you? Could that be said of you? Or do you just kind of go with the flow and believe in things and stand for things that's not even biblically correct? I know this ain't for the church here, amen. This is for the church down the block, amen. But what are you standing for? What are you living for? See, Noah wasn't worried about what others were doing. He didn't get caught up in the sinful things that everyone else was doing. Why? Because he wasn't seeking to please his flesh or people around him, but his aim was to please God. What's your aim today? And that has to be, listen to me, pleasing God at the core of your hearts if you're ever going to do something great for God. Anyone who's ever done great things for God had to take a different path from the flow of the world or even from some Christians that don't want to do nothing for God. All right, I won't touch that too much, amen. Now, by the Bible saying that Noah walked with God, it is clear that he walked in the same direction as God, in agreement with God, and wasn't ashamed to be labeled a child of God. 
Let me ask you, are you really walking with God? Because it's getting to the point today where you need to really make a decision. Whether you're going to live a life that is biblically correct or politically correct. Whether you're going to live to be a man pleaser or a God pleaser. See, I made my mind up a long time ago, like Joshua says, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen. We're going to serve God. You know, I didn't get in this thing for, you know, I got saved uh, 18 years ago. I didn't sign up for a two-year commitment. Hello, somebody. I didn't give him my lips. I gave him my life. It's a life sentence. I threw in the keys. I didn't know anything about backsliding. Backsliding, what do you mean? I gave my life to him. See, when you walk with someone, it's a sign of affiliation. And it's a sign you have an agreement with them. Noah wasn't ashamed to walk with God. Let me ask you, are your values in line with his word? Is your life in alignment with his plan and purpose for your life? If not, again, I have to keep asking, are you really walking with God? Or are you walking your own path? See, if, if you were to walk with someone, you have to go the same direction at the same pace. Right? Let me give you an example. My brother right here, I met him in the back, so I can, I'm going to use you right here, bro. And maybe stand up. I just want you to walk just at the same pace, right? Walk back and forth at the same pace, right this, right? So you would say we're walking together, right? Right? This, we're walking together. Okay, keep walking. No, 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 you have to walk the same pace. Same, same speed, same speed. That's all right. Praise God, we want some Zacchaeuses here. I want to keep up with Jesus, right? Right? But keep going. Watch, just rest same pace. Am I walking with him? Come on. Praise the Lord. Go ahead, bro. Thank you, man. Catch what I'm saying. Are you really walking with God? Or are you kind of walking your own path and just trying to fit in God where he can kind of, you can kind of fit him in where it's comfortable? Are you getting ahead of God? Or are you walking with him? Amos 3.3 says, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? See, Amos tells us we can't, can't walk with someone unless we're in agreement on the direction. I hate to tell you, if you're not walking in the direction that God is telling you to or how to live or where to go, you're not walking in agreement with him. It's that simple. Amen. Come on, I heard you hooting and hollering a minute ago. What happened? Come on. God is fighting for us. <laughs> Amen. Tell your neighbor, it's time to walk with God. Amen. Hallelujah. 
The second thing you must, that, that we must do that Noah did was listen to the voice of God and obey it. Look what uh, Genesis 6, 13 through 22 says. So God said to Noah, I have decided to destroy all living creatures, for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them all out along with the earth. Build a large boat from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out. Then construct decks and stalls throughout its interior. Make the boat 450 feet long, 70 feet wide, 45 feet high. Leave an 18-inch opening below the roof all the way around the boat. Put the door on the side and build three decks inside the boat, lower, middle, and upper. Look, I am about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. God is serious right now. Everything on the earth will die, but I will confirm my covenant with you. So enter the boat, and you and your wife and your sons and your wives bring a pair of every kind of animal, a male and a female, into the boat with you to keep them alive during the flood. Pairs of every kind of bird and every kind of animal and of every kind of small animal that scurries along the ground will come to you and keep be kept alive. And be sure to take on boat enough food for your family and for all the animals. Now verse 22 is the key. So Noah did everything exactly, because there was details. There was details that God said right here, specific details. And he said Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. Oh, hello, somebody. Everything, every detail, he did exactly how he said. Now I want you to first think about Noah. And all the mockery he must have faced while obeying God. He was already different, listen to me, than everyone else by the way he lived, which he probably got mocked for. How many have ever been mocked for living for Christ? And then, besides living for God, he receives a calling from God to make an ark. To save him and his family and two of every kind of animal from the judgment that was about to come upon the earth. And 2 Peter 2.5 tells us what he did after he received this call. Look at this. It says, And did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness. Say a preacher of righteousness. A preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly. The New Living Translation says it this way. Noah warned the world of God's righteous judgment. See, this man preached to people, warning them of the judgment coming upon the earth. I mean, you got to imagine this. He's telling everyone, man, God spoke to me. God spoke to me. He's going to flood the earth. Judgment is coming. Get it right. Get with God. Amen. You need to get your heart right. He's warning. He's preaching. Already again, people were mocking him because he wasn't living like everyone else. And now he's saying, get it right. I'm warning you. Get it right. Judgment's coming. Judgment's coming. Now you know. 
They thought he was crazy. How do you know? Because no one responded. <laughs> People must have thought he was crazy. Especially when they seen him building this huge ark. 450 feet long because a flood was coming? You know they definitely mocked him and that he was the talk of the town, that he was the weirdo, he was the cuckoo, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and on top of that, hear me out, this is why they must have thought he was so crazy. As most believe, it never rained before the flood. The first record of rain in the Bible is found in Genesis chapter 7 when it rained 40 days and 40 nights. Before it rained, Genesis 2, 6 tells us, instead, springs came up from the ground and watered all the land. So when Noah was preaching about a flood coming, uh, building this huge ark, you know that people thought he was crazy. <laughs> And you know his wife and kids got mocked too. I mean, you could just imagine, you know, his wife goes over to the neighbor's house. And they're looking out the window, like, and they see Noah just going at it. And like, girl, I've been meaning to talk to you. Um, is your man smoking? I mean, I see him building this ark. I seen him over there preaching, warning about a judgment and a flood coming. Girl, this thing rain. What are you? What are you talking about? Is he okay? Could you imagine the kids, his friends at school or wherever? They're mocking him. What's your dad doing? Building a boat? What's he doing? Or can we come over and play on it? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then on top of all that, you know Noah had major, major mind battles. What are you doing? The enemy right there, what are you doing? There's no flood coming. You didn't really hear from God. You're going crazy. How are you going to round up all the different animals? It's too impossible. <laughs> Church, he probably had many discouraging days. And you realize, take this in, it took around 120 years to build the ark. That was a long time to go through all those kind of trials. You go through a trial, you know, you're, you're praising the Lord one week here, go through a trial, we don't even see you for a month. What, what the heck happened to him? I know, it's for the church down the block. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. This is VO, baby. Huh? I know. Maybe, maybe in Pittsburgh they like that. They're not here, amen. <laughs> but that was a long time, friend. To go through all those trials that, that he was going through. Let me ask you, do you think you could have 
dealt with this type of mockery and persecution and mind battles that he did for as long as he did? Do you think you could have handled that? Do you think you could have sustained motivation to continue to build an ark without any encouraging words from maybe anyone except maybe your family? Maybe the wife's even like, I, I believe you, honey. Uh-huh. You know, we get a call from God. Amen. Uh, praise the Lord. Uh-huh. Let me just move on. Do you think you could have sustained motivation to keep doing what Noah did? See, what I'm trying to do is paint a picture to you here of the kind of man that Noah was. A man who heard from God a calling and was determined, no matter what, to fulfill it. Hello, somebody. We got any like-minded spirits like that here? Are you willing to fulfill the call of God in your life no matter the cost? Genesis 6.22 again says, Noah did everything exactly as God commanded him. See, Noah wasn't trying to be popular and gain everyone's approval. He was seeking God's approval. See, that's the trap that many fall into that prevent them from doing what God has called them to do. See, if you're always worried, listen to me, about what others think that aren't saved, those who mock you, you will never fulfill your destiny. See, if Noah would have listened to the voices in his mind, uh, the voices of the people, he would have never fulfilled the calling in his life. And neither will you if you listen to the world and if you listen to those faith-sucking thoughts that come to your mind. See, these different voices will try to talk you out of obeying God. See, I know VO is just like Praise Chapel, man. We plant churches like crazy. When you guys plant churches, you guys plant men's homes, you guys do a bunch of stuff like we do the same thing, very similar. Are you still desiring that city? Are you still, are you you meeting the challenge to be a life group teacher? Oh, no, that's the pastor's job. Come on. Do you still feel called to do these things? Does it still burn in your heart? Or have you let obstacles, mind battles, slow you down? Huh. It's time to get that fire back, that vision back. I'm not going to let nothing stop me from doing what God's called me to do. We need to be like Noah who refused to listen to those voices and chose to obey God. Look what Hebrews 11.7 says. Watch this. By faith, Noah, divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he uh, condemned the world and became heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. Now watch this. Notice it said, being divinely warned of things not yet seen. Not yet seen. Say, not yet seen. Rain could have been the correct understanding of the things not yet seen, or it could be referring to the flood in general. 
whatever the case may be, he obeyed the voice of God when he was warned about the things not yet seen. And he trusted God's word to come to pass. You, you got to catch that. Something that's never even been thought of. God says it's going to happen. Hello? And he still obeyed, even though they had no example, no reference point to say, well, this has happened before. No, he heard from God and obeyed God. Therefore, he trusted the Lord's voice over all other voices. Let me ask you, what voice are you listening to today? Whose voice are you trusting? The voice of God, the, the voice of Satan, the voice of the world? Listen to me. You can tell me, I listen to God, bless God. But your actions truly reveal who you're listening to. Praise God. So don't tell me you're listening to God but you're not standing for what is right or seeking to do his will in every area of your life. Understand, whoever's voice you're listening to and obeying will determine if you fulfill your calling or not. It's that simple. The third thing, real quickly, that you must have in your life before you will fulfill the calling in your life is a time of preparation. Time of preparation. As I told you, it took around 120 years to build the ark. This means there was a lot of time of preparation. There was a lot of time between him hearing his calling and him actually fulfilling his calling when the ark was finished. That saved him and his family and two of every creature. And my point is this. Listen to me. There will be a time span between when you hear the calling of your life, and you actually walking it out. A time span of preparation. A time span of discipleship. We believe in discipleship too. We're one of those churches that disciple too. And I know Victor Outreach disciples well. But you can only be discipled if you let yourself be. If I'm supposed to disciple him, but he doesn't receive from me, then discipleship ends. Rebellion, ooh, did I say that? If I can't speak into your life and I'm your leader, then discipleship can't take place. Discipleship takes two. One imparting and the other receiving. One imparting that which is in him into you to make you more like him. That's what discipleship is. It's, a, it's an impartation from one to another to make you more like him. This is true. And so the Lord's Way The Lord's process for growth in our lives and to fulfill our callings is through what Jesus calls discipleship. Go into all the world and make. 
Discipleship. But too many today want to skip the process. Oh, I heard from God. Oh, I heard from God. I was on the altar. I was at the conference. I, I responded. I heard. I, God spoke to me. Ah, Pastor Esteban, I, I heard you, but I heard God. Amen. I know this is the only problem we have in Praise Chapel, not Victor Outreach. See, let me say this. When we were at a conference, I, we have conferences just like you guys, and I was in our conference in San Jose, our San Jose church. I was only saved two years this time. And I was already preaching. I was a Bible study leader. And at this conference, you know, when the altar call is made, go take a city, go do something for Jesus. You know, I'm just one of those guys that was crazy enough to say, Lord, here I am, Lord, send me. Use me, do me, right? Do whatever you want, Lord, do, do whatever you want in my life, right? Now watch this. When I responded that way, the Lord put in my spirit, I want you to pastor in Pittsburgh. I said, praise the Lord. So then I went to my pastor, saved two years, and said, Pastor, I, I, I heard from God. God's, I, I feel him calling me to Pittsburgh. I used to gangbang in Pittsburgh, so God's bringing me full circle. And, 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 and God's called me there. He's like, okay, that's great. So from that time, for another seven years, I was in my mother church preaching, being a Bible study leader, outreach leader, discipling a lot of people. Because how can you want to go plant a church if you ain't winning nobody in your mother church? I tell people all the time, I ain't sending you out until you win somebody here. How, why would I send you across the world when you want to go across the street? We're going to send you out. You, can't, you haven't even made one disciple, and you've been here 10 years. Are you serious? So anyways, during this time, I was around six years saved. We're at our world conference now. And Friday nights is a night, you know, everyone gets sent out, announced, goes through the red carpet, amen. We're going to this city, you know what I'm saying? And Friday night comes, and there was talk that there was possibility of me and my wife being sent out because my pastor already knew the call. He believed that we were called there. It wasn't a matter of if. It was a matter of when. And so uh, Friday night comes. There was kind of word, not from my pastor, but from others, that we might be getting sent out. Well, Friday night comes, conference, church gets sent out, and guess whose name is not announced? Me and my wife, and you know what? I went back to our hotel offended. I know you guys don't get offended here, but I went back offended. I went back to my hotel offended with my pastor. How could I? I'm discipling more people. I have the biggest Bible study. I outreach. I do all these things, yada, 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 yada. And he didn't send us out. And I remember Friday night, I told my wife, I said, you know what? You guys go ahead and go outreach. I have to stay here in this hotel because I cannot leave offended. I need to pray and get this out of me. I need to get this out of me. Why? Because if I'm offended with my pastor, I can't receive from my pastor. 
If you're offended with your pastor and you cannot receive from your pastor, he's no longer a good pastor to you. He's no longer can speak in your life. Amen. This is true. He can't deposit in you if you're all offended. Well, I've been here since the beginning, before he was a pastor. Oh, man, like, this guy's already doing this? He's the first time here? I just preach, amen? I just preach. This is how I preach Sunday mornings in our church, amen? But let me move on with the story real quickly, amen? So now, seven years saved, I mean, nine years saved, seven years after the calling, time of preparation, I'm in prayer, and God shows me as clear as day a clear vision of how to start the church in Pittsburgh. He showed me to have a house Bible study in uh, one of the brothers' church uh, houses, and he showed me exactly who would be there when we started. I kid you not, detailed. So I went to my pastor because I knew I heard from God. I mean, I really heard from God. Went to my pastor Sunday morning. I said, Pastor, I want to share with you. God showed me how to start the church in Pittsburgh. He showed me how to have a Saturday night Bible study. And we'll build up a core there. And we'll stay in the church here, yada, yada, yada. And he even showed me, you know, how to, how, who would be there. And I, I broke down everything I sh- uh, uh, that God showed me in prayer. And my pastor said, I said, what do you think? He said, no. <laughs> what? You're not getting sent out. See, here's, this, here's the thing. I settled in my heart that I will not go without my pastor's blessing. We're a part of a kingdom, not a democracy. And there's order. And there, I wanted my pastor's blessing. And so because I, okay, no problem, pastor. Can your pastor tell you no? Oh, he can, but you'll probably leave, right? I'm just saying. So anyways, here we go. So my pastor says no. Walk out. I'm like, man, Lord, I know I heard from you. Wednesday comes, midweek service. Calls me in his office. Says we're sending you out. Hallelujah! We're sending you out. Thank you, Jesus. He sends us out. In day one, the home Bible study that we started, the very people that God showed me would be there were there. We were in the house for three months. Outgrew it, got our building, and the rest is you know, kind of history, amen, and God's been moving and doing great things. But here's the point. We waited for our pastor's blessing. I always tell our church and people, the reason there's been so much grace upon us is because we honored the man of God in our lives. Before I really start bringing this to a close, I have to say this. What changed my life and what imparted this mentality in my spirit was 
from the second best book I ever read in my life. First best is the Bible. Second best for that ministry to me at that stage in my life was a book called Undercover by John Bevere. And in that book, he said one statement that forever changed my life. He said, true submission doesn't even start until there's a disagreement. Oh, it's easy to submit when you agree. But can you submit when you don't agree? I'm not talking about doctrine. I'm not talking about weird stuff. I'm talking about how to handle things in church and handle situations. I didn't always agree with what my pastor did. We're two different people, but I submitted. Because true submission doesn't even start until there's a disagreement. Say that with me. True submission doesn't even start until there's a disagreement. Amen? Tell your neighbor, submit. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's a perfect timing for everything, amen? I'm going to really bring this to a close now. Did you receive something today? After the flood, Noah was grateful to the Lord who had delivered him and his family from the flood and built an altar to God. And he made a sacrifice. Also, the Lord promised Noah and his descendants that he would never destroy the world again with the flood. And the Lord made an everlasting covenant with Noah, establishing the rainbow as a sign of his promise. The Lord also blessed Noah and restored the creation commands. And as we all know, Noah, because he built that ark, him and his family were saved. All of humanity was not wiped out. There was still a remnant. And this was only possible because Noah was countercultural. He listened to the voice of God and obeyed and was determined to fulfill the call of God in his life no matter what it took. Because of this, he was able to accomplish all these things. Are you getting this today? And you too will only be able to do all that God has called you to do if you follow his example. Amen? Can you receive that today? Amen? Come on, let's give the Lord praise.